0: Let's join together and let's pray. Father God, it's been a joy for us already today to baptize a couple of little girls here. Thank you for that wonderful image of how your grace comes to us and meets us before we even know it. Lord, thank you for baptism, which allows us to think on these things and to celebrate them. Lord, help us now as we come back to your word and try to learn more about what baptism is, what it means for us, and particularly the, the role that it might play in our lives. We pray that you would meet with us and by your spirit, speak to us. Amen. Last Sunday night, after our evening service here, our Christianity Explored course, which we are running on Sunday evenings, I went home and got to watch a TV show that had taped a long time ago. And I I suspect that many of you have probably had a chance to watch it, Losing Our Religion, a documentary uh, presented by William Crawley, where he was analyzing faith in modern-day Ulster. So what you had was William Crawley speaking from empty uh, Presbyterian and churches of other denominations. He interviewed members of some alternative religious communities. Uh, So he was at the Islamic mosque. He met with some people from the Humanist Society. And he met some people who simply gaze into the stars. And as he concluded his documentary on the state of religion in Ulster present-day Ulster, he said, Northern Ireland isn't likely to lose its reputation for religion anytime soon. Religion isn't dying, it's just evolving as our society is changing. So that was probably a more balanced and more honest assessment of what's going on than the the title of the documentary might suggest. I'm not so interested in the, the whole subject of that documentary for today's purposes, but there was one part of it that that really captured my imagination, and I'm I'm sure you maybe remember it if you saw this program. At one point, we were taken to Port Stewart Strand, and we joined there with a crowd of, of people from Causeway Coast Vineyard Church. They were welcoming new lines of converts dressed in wetsuits, as they were about to plunge quite literally into the Christian faith, they were waiting on Port Stewart Strand to be baptized. We were thinking just for two or three weeks here in our church life together about baptism. What is this? What does it mean? And what might it mean for us? I'll come back to that crowd on Port Stewart Strand a little bit later. But if you remember, when we looked at this first a fortnight ago, we we looked back to the Old Testament. And we recognized that although the Old Testament doesn't mention baptism, it does teach us a lot about how God deals with people. He's a God who makes covenants, He takes the initiative and makes agreements with His people. And we thought particularly of the covenant that God made with Abraham, where God, in His grace, reached out to Abraham and how Abraham in faith responded to to God reaching out to him. And if you remember, we said that there was a a very tangible thing, a very tangible mark of that covenant that God gave to Abraham. And in that case, it was circumcision. We went on to say that nowadays in the Christian church, there's still a covenant and there's still a mark of the covenant. The, The covenant now Has the mark of baptism. Those who respond to God's gift in Jesus Christ carry the mark of baptism to show that they have responded to God's initiative in faith. We thought very quickly as well about a a baptism very early in the New Testament, John's baptism, if you remember. And we realized that it taught us another important thing about baptism, because John was washing people in the Jordan River. To signify their repentance, their turning from their sinfulness. And we say that in every baptism, that, that's an important element the understanding that repentance on our part and God's gracious washing and forgiving will always be present. As we move on from the Gospels and look at baptism in the New Testament, particularly in in Acts and in the letters written to the Christian churches, one thing becomes clear. Baptism was vital, absolutely vital for these early Christian communities. It's spoken of right throughout the New Testament, and there's a whole range of imagery there uh, of different ways in which baptism is talked about. I thought. This morning, as we try to think very quickly about the meaning of baptism, the best would be if I did a sort of a quick fire round where I pointed you to a few uh, different ways in which baptism uh, is spoken of and then began to to focus our attention on what seems to me to be the the critical uh, center of the meaning of baptism. Just very quickly, a few of those biblical images. Baptism speaks of a new birth. So, very famously, in John chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. So, a totally new life must begin here. And, and just like any normal human birth, it's a life that anticipates growth afterwards. So, like a birth, baptism is necessary and it's unrepeatable. We're born once into this life with God. Secondly, baptism speaks of washing. And Paul tells the believers in Corinth, you are washed. The sin that keeps me from God is is washed away in this sacrament. Now, that's pretty open to misunderstanding, isn't it? It's not baptism itself that, that takes our sin away. Baptism itself has no power to do that. Our baptism only has power because of that supreme baptism of Jesus Christ. you remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago? Jesus talked about his death on a cross in Jerusalem, and he said that that was his baptism. Our baptism only has power in so much as it appropriates for us what Christ won for us on the cross. So baptism is about a new birth. It's about a washing. It's about justification. This is the sacrament of us being made right with God. So it, folks, it's one thing to be washed clean. It's another thing to be forgiven. But it's quite another thing again to be, to be acquitted. For God to say, all the charges against you are dropped. You stand unaccused. And that's another important thing that we're taught about baptism. Baptism is like putting on a new suit of clothes. That's what we read together in Galatians chapter 3. Paul says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's as though Christ finds us in our smelly, grotty, worn out clothes. He takes us, he he allows us to undress from all of that. He washes us perfectly clean. And then he gives us a a wonderful new, fragrant and bright set of clothes. The new suit is Jesus. We clothe ourselves in Jesus. Jesus. Folks, there are other New Testament images of baptism that we could include here in this quickfire round. Peter compares the waters of baptism to the waters uh, that bore up the ark at the time of Noah and saved them from the dangers of the flood. In his letter to Corinth and also to Titus, Paul compares baptism with water poured on on a dry and parched ground. We could go on, but that's probably enough to illustrate that the baptism is mentioned often throughout the New Testament and in a wide variety of, of different ways. Let's start to zoom in and focus our minds on the very fundamental aspects of the meaning of baptism. I want to come back with you for a moment to that crowd on Port Stewart strand. They're standing there in their wetsuits, ready to plunge into the cold Atlantic to declare their new birth into Jesus Christ. And folks, that's just a brilliant explanation of what baptism is. Baptism is about immersion into Jesus Christ. I want you to turn with me to something that I, I saw for the first time properly as I was preparing for this morning. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, Page 1001. It's the Great Commission. Jesus is leaving his disciples. He's going back to his Father in heaven. And he's giving them a final instruction for the life he wants them to live. Look at verse 19 of Matthew 28. Very, very well known. But there's something here I haven't really seen before. Jesus commands his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit you'll notice there that the word in has a small letter a beside it points you to a footnote and we're told there that the word in could also be translated into and when we're given a list of references further on in the new testament that speak about being about people being baptized into christ or into the name of Jesus. This is important. So Christian baptism isn't about some vague association with Jesus Christ where we happen to use his name when we're we're doing this. Christian baptism is about being immersed into the glorious reality of the Trinitarian God. Baptism is about being plunged into Jesus. Folks, whether you use an ocean or a swimming pool or something under the carpet at the front of your church or a few drops from a font doesn't really matter. The meaning is always the same. Baptism is always by total immersion. Total immersion into Jesus Christ. You see, folks, Jesus has done all that's necessary for us to be made right with God. But the only way we can benefit from his work is by immersing ourselves in him. We must be in Christ to receive the salvation that he offers the world. Folks, isn't that an incredible thought? If, if it's true that God plunges us into the reality of Jesus, into his death, into his resurrection, into his victory, into his endless life, then, then our life cannot simply go on as before. Even if our growth is stunted by cold winds, by a bad soil that we're growing in, we remain like branches on a tree. We're in Christ his grace and his power are there. But we, we simply need to receive them. So our baptism speaks of how we're immersed in Jesus Christ. Stick with me with that crowd on Port Stewart Strand, these guys in their wetsuits, one after another, going in and Dropping their bodies into the Atlantic. These guys were baptized by total immersion. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to witness that, even, even in that documentary or perhaps in real life on a beach somewhere else or, or in a church as you've seen someone baptized. If you have, you've seen a wonderful illustration of being united with Jesus in his death and his resurrection William Crawley, in his documentary, he explained what it was he watched that day on Port Stewart Strand. He said that in the Christian tradition, a baptism is a kind of burial. The believer goes into the water, falling backwards like a body going into the ground. As they come out of the waters, they stand like a resurrected body coming from its grave. This baptism symbolizes powerfully a commitment to leave one life behind and to begin an entirely new kind of life. Folks, we read about this in Romans chapter 6. Paul says there, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, did you, do you see that now? Baptism is not in Christ, but into Christ. Were baptized into his death, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism means that the person I once was self-centered, unforgiven, alienated from God. Baptism means goodbye to all of that. That person is dead. They they no longer live. It means that the water has closed over me in baptism. And and that part of my life, and and God viewing my life in that way, that's all over. And just as Jesus Christ rose from, from death, so we rise from the chill waters of baptism to a new life. It's a life governed by Jesus, a life shared with Jesus, and it's a life that that will never end. Michael Green puts it like this, from now on we are called to be what in God's view we already are. We must become in actual practice those new creatures who have risen from the waters of death. There's a phrase Eugene Peterson uses about the Christian life, which I just love. He invites us to practice resurrection. We've been raised to a new life. Folks, this is powerful stuff. I'm sure you'll agree. Christian discipleship is, is essentially about dying and rising again to an entirely new life. We have to d- die to sin and live to Righteousness. So the whole of this Christian life is is encapsulated wonderfully in baptism. What does baptism mean? It means a believer's total immersion into Jesus Christ. They're dying with him and they're rising to a new life. We live in an age that's increasingly suspicious of institutions Uh, and skeptical of the traditions of the past. So for a lot of people, when you mention baptism, they can't quite see the point. So they'll say, for example, I love Jesus. And they'll go on to say, why do I need any kind of external mark or any tradition uh, like this, like baptism? Without laboring the point, let me suggest very quickly three reasons why a person should seek baptism A Christian person should seek baptism for themselves and for their children. Firstly, to obey the explicit command of Christ. We noticed it a few moments ago in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus made baptism a part of his final and great command. If we claim Jesus as our Lord, then we'll want to obey him and do the things that he says. Secondly, Baptism is a mark of the Christian church. It, it always has been and always will be, with a few exceptions, practiced by, by Christians. I said a moment ago, baptism was absolutely, unequivocally practiced by the, the early Christian church. On the day of Pentecost, we hear that 3,000 people heard, 3,000 people believed, and were baptized. And that's how it continues then throughout the whole of the New Testament. The community had and still has only one badge of identity. And that is baptism. There's a third reason why baptism is necessary for Christians. It's baptism which grafts us into Christ and the Christian church. This is... Pretty controversial stuff. In the New Testament, you weren't a Christian until you were baptized. Read through the book of Acts sometime and see how salvation and baptism go together hand in hand. A person's saved and they're baptized. It's through baptism that we're immersed into the Trinity. It's through baptism that we're born again. It's through baptism that we're saved. It's through baptism that we're buried with Christ and raised with him. You might say, but Christoph, the New Testament talks about justification by faith, about becoming a child of God, about being born again. And we say, yes, it does. And it talks about baptism and it talks about them all together. All of these images and realities are a part of the whole of what God offers His people. Folks, let's not diminish the fullness of what God has offered us by downplaying baptism. Let's continue to embrace it and to practice it. Perhaps you're here this morning, and you're someone who's come to faith in Jesus Christ, but you've never been baptized. I would love to baptize you if you would like that. I can do it here with a few drops of water. I can take you to a local swimming pool or to a church somewhere that has the right facilities. I can take you to Sea Park Beach or any other beach of your choice. If it's in the Bahamas and you want to pay for me to to go, I'd be delighted. Folks, whether we do it here with a little water or somewhere else with a lot of water, the meaning will be the same. In your baptism, you will be immersed Into Jesus Christ. In your baptism, you'll identify yourself with Him in His death and yourself with Him in His rising to a new life. That's the meaning of Christian baptism. And it's open to all who respond to God's gracious offer in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we pray that you take this conversation today, this bit of thinking that we've done together about baptism and make it alive. Help us to get past the doctrine or the the theology of it. Help us to see your gracious gift to us of salvation. Help us to see even further the blessing that you give us in this very tangible way of, of entering into your salvation of receiving your grace to us and responding to it as we offer ourselves for baptism. Lord, those of us who have been baptized as infants or later in life, we thank you that we can say that we're baptized women and men. Lord, for those of us who who are beginning to know the reality of Jesus working in our lives, for whom these things are becoming real, Lord, give us the courage to, to come and receive this, this part of your good plan for us. Lord, help us all to look forward to that day when we, in spirit and in truth, are baptized men and women in this place. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.